You're listening to the Beauty Balance Podcast, hosted by Dr. Usha Rajagopal, a San Francisco board-certified plastic surgeon with over 20 years of experience. We cover a range of highly requested aesthetics and skincare topics. We get to chat with industry experts and influential, talented women who truly encompass grace, beauty, and brains. Plus, you get the inside scoop on what it's really like to be a plastic surgeon. Hello, this is Dr. Usha Rajagopal. Today, we're excited to have our very first guest on our podcast, Jyo Shankar. She'll be chatting about her work, beauty, and preventative measures we can take for younger-looking skin. She's a travel and style blogger based in San Francisco Bay Area. She describes her blog as her creative outlet to share her love of fashion, travel, and lifestyle. She's a sucker for cute outfits, warm beaches, and all things tropical. She lives her life one outfit at a time and aspires to travel the world one beach at a time while hoping to inspire others to do as well. So welcome, Gio. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Rosha, for having me here. (laughs) You're welcome. So let me start out by asking a little bit about your background. How did you become a full-time travel blogger? Uh, So I started my blog uh, back in the day, maybe five years ago. I primarily started as a style blogger. I was in Boston back then. I used to post outfits uh, on Instagram, and that's when I started my blog. It really took off within a year. I was voted like top 10 blogs in Boston. And after I moved to California is when it really took off to be my full-time gig because I got a lot more opportunities that seemed very in line with my brand. I started including travel because travel and style go hand in hand. And yeah, that's how I got started. That is so interesting and I'm sure inspirational. I know a lot of people would want to be a travel blogger like you. Um, How would you describe your style of travel and what is your, how do you decide on what places to go, what shots to take, etc.? Uh, as you mentioned before, I am a total tropical girl at heart. For the most part, I love warm places, I love beaches, I love tropical destinations, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't travel to like a fun city or a beautiful mountainscape. Uh, but yeah, I have a list of countries that I want to visit and I always try and go that way. The way I decide to take shots is something that, you know, I love to take shots to invoke that sense of wanderlust in my audience to make them want to book that trip there or aspire to go there that sounds like so much fun um do you a lot of work too (laughs) i I would imagine it's a lot of work so who accompanies you on these trips uh my husband he also has a full-time job but this this is like his second job and he is my full-time manager photographer web developer everything uh he's pretty flexible to travel with me and he uh, is my travel partner oh that's really great so that way you get to spend a lot of time Time with your husband and then you're promoting this together that's really great and how many countries have you traveled to Uh, I think 34 so far Uh, still have a long way to go (laughs) but yeah I'm 34 now wow have you traveled to all the continents yes except Antarctica okay okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. I guess it's so hard to get tropical there (laughs) yeah exactly Oh, that's perfect. Um, I guess do you have any favorite countries that you travel to Uh, I think I mean, everything, every destination has something special about it, but I think so far uh, some of my favorite countries are uh, Maldives, Greece, and the Cook Islands. 
Oh, the Cook. Where are the Cook Islands? They're in the South Pacific, like literally in the middle of nowhere, in the like Oceania region between um, the U.S. and uh, Australia, New Zealand. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So Southern Hemisphere. Yes, yeah, Southern. Wow. Hemisphere. Wow. Okay, great. And what are your favorite beaches? Are they in the same places? Yeah. So I think my top favorite beach one is definitely in the Maldives in uh, one of the atolls called Southari Atoll like the water is just unreal blue it's stunning and it's, uh, also I recently as I mentioned went to the Cook Islands where I went to this beach called One Foot Island yeah. it literally looks like you stepped into a postcard it is so beautiful yeah that sounds so amazing now let me since I'm into beauty, do you wear a good sunblock when you're in these places? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I have to. That's like my number one thing. And I also, like my husband was not too good with it. And now, before, sometimes if I forget, he reminds me, like, did you wear sunscreen? Did you good. double up on it? We're always carrying like extra sunscreen in our bag for because we are out like throughout the day as throughout well. Throughout the day. Oh, yeah. that's really great because I'm always recommending my patients sure. to use a good sunblock. Yeah. Good, good. And then I heard that you were um, a travel uh, in a travel panel with TripAdvisor. Can you tell me how the experience was like? Yeah, I was excited to visit my, do my first travel conference this year. And I was uh, really grateful to have been given the opportunity to be on a panel with TripAdvisor and the panel was basically about how to build an authentic uh, brand and TripAdvisor came up with these traveler insights and truths that they looked over all their data that they had and looked at uh, came up with these traveler insights and they were asking me and a few other content creators on how we could use those insights to create uh, content for our audience. So yeah, it was really interesting. I had the opportunity to meet and network with so many cool different people in the industry. And yeah, I am super grateful for the opportunity. Oh, that sounds really amazing. And I'm sure you have a lot of insights for Yeah, it was really to... helpful. Yeah, right. Good. And then, so I know when you do all this traveling, especially with the time change and the change in your daily routine, how do you stay so fit and mm -hmm. what is your regimen for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, fitness is a big part of my regimen. Uh, whether or not I'm traveling, I'm always trying to, uh, you know, work out, keep my fitness routine to the T, uh, you know, eat clean for the most part. And even when I travel, like I try and take like exercise bands or something that I can get in like maybe even 20 minutes or half an hour in my hotel room or go on a hike to just you know um, keep I'm yeah I love I'm addicted to it so I can't take a break you know got it um, but other than that other than fitness like even beauty and uh, you know body routines before a trip it really takes a whole village I think to prepare like you know I love to get see that my hair is done like you know I get a spray tan I love to come here to your clinic to get and sculpt done I'm so hooked to it like it really helps me like uh, you know look toned for photo shoots and stuff so yeah I definitely have a lot of steps that I do before every trip yeah that's really great to hear all your routines and you're doing a really wonderful job. I yeah. love seeing your pictures on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, just seeing the vivid colors. I mean, you being beautiful with your great outfits and that amazing, you know, uh, sun and sea. I think the whole you got the whole well, package thank you going. Thank so much, Dr. Rajagopal. I'm 
and I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited to be here and I have a bunch of questions for you. As a newbie of getting Botox and fillers, I just got my Botox done today. It didn't hurt at all. And I was, I'm super excited to see the results. But I have a few questions for you from my questions as well as some questions that my uh, audience asked me. So yeah, I think Firstly, what, what is the difference between Botox and fillers? Um, they're actually very different. Okay. Uh, the, the only category they are similar is that they're both non-surgical um, treatments to improve your face and yeah. really rejuvenate you. Yeah. So Botox is a muscle relaxer. It's primarily used in the upper half of the face okay. uh, especially so like for a younger person eyes? yes okay. so generally it's used for between the eyebrows the 11 sign uh, the forehead wrinkles that go across okay. your forehead yep. um, and the crow's feet wrinkles or the wrinkles around the, the eyes. eyes and underneath the eyes okay. um, it is less commonly used in the lower face but okay. we also use it in the lower face but much less commonly use it for like slimming your face as well yes right? so okay. you can you be used for when someone has a really wide jaw or they have the clench a jaw and have okay. teeth grinding effects yeah. or in old in middle age to older men and women it can be used also in the neck okay um, but generally primarily in the upper half of the face okay. but fillers are very different they're plumper upper so we inject fillers in areas where um, the skin takes a dip or okay. there's less volume so we have fillers for the cheek area to plump up the, and lift up the cheek and I tell women you know it's not we're not trying to give you fat cheeks we really want more lift and structure yeah. um, so that's the everyone difference everyone wants that high cheekbone look right? yes the high <laughs> cheekbone look and along when if it's placed strategically in the under eye cheekbone you can actually make your eyes appear more almond shaped oh, yeah. and make actually the under eye bags uh, disappear or certainly be much less noticeable. Okay, yeah, that's something I need to take note. <laughs> uh, but what would you think is like the biggest misconception about Botox? Like, why do people always, you know, think of it like a bad rep? Like, what would you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I would say there are some amazing qualities of Botox is that it is a very powerful medication that. Uh, a medical person has to dispense yeah. so it needs to be used uh, very carefully and be used with an artist's eye uh, if you just go ahead and do a bunch of Botox for someone's forehead yeah. they can drop the forehead and make themselves look very angry yeah. or look frozen yeah. but if you really want to rejuvenate a person's face it has to be used strategically yeah. and less is more yeah. Um, and one of the things I tell patients, especially if it's the first time, is let's do this first and then we'll have we'll see you back in two to four weeks. We can always adjust and add more. So when you look at someone, the face looks frozen, they've had a bad Botox job. Yeah. So it's not the fault of the Botox, it's the fault of the provider yeah. uh, for providing too much. So it's really important who you go to. For sure. I totally agree with that. And I think I'm in good hands here, for sure. Thank you. Um, what would who do you say is a good candidate for like preventative Botox? Yeah, so my philosophy for Botox has actually kind of evolved over the years. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, when Botox had just come into the practice, I would really have patients wait until I saw solid, deep creases in the face. 
But over time, and now with new studies coming on board, we use Botox as a uh, preventative treatment, so we call it pre-rejuvenation. And so what that means is when we start seeing very faint lines um, at rest, that means when the patient is not smiling or animating, when you start seeing faint creases, we can start treating with Botox, and that'll help uh, reduce the lines and actually prevent it from getting any deeper. deeper. Uh -huh. uh, studies have actually been done in the microscopic level looking at someone's skin who's had Botox for years. So someone like me in my 50s, if you looked at my skin now compared to maybe someone else who hasn't had Botox, my skin on a microscopic level actually will look younger. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can totally imagine that. Hmm. Um, what, what would you recommend is a good age to start? Is there like a certain age or it depends from person to person? Um, it really does depend from person to person, but I would say um, I, I do have patients in their late 20s mm -hmm. who start to come in and we do small amounts of Botox, so we call it baby Botox, yeah. where we do smaller amounts in strategic areas and maybe they need to come in less frequently, maybe twice a year for a small dose. Yeah. But uh, when they get a little older, maybe in their late 30s and 40s, they may need to have a little more done and may need to come in maybe three times a year. Okay. Um, but having good skincare regimen like we talked about with uh, sun protection maybe some uh, vitamin C some Regiment. peels and home care regimens yeah. can help keep the skin looking really nice okay okay so that leads me to my next question being brown and ethnic skin I also have a lot of followers who are brown ethnic skin and I, I'm sure you can relate with that what do you recommend are good treatments? I actually got a question from a follower just a few minutes back asking me, is Botox for brown skin people as well? Um, yeah, so Botox is colorblind. It helps yeah. everyone if you need it. So yeah. uh, certainly there are no side effects at all in women or men of color. So it's perfectly safe and is an amazing treatment when you're brown skin or even darker than brown yeah. skin, dark brown skin. Yeah. Uh, and also certainly for white skin. Yeah. Generally with brown skin, uh, we're more protected against finer wrinkles. Okay. So for us, you know, we're actually, we need Botox a decade later. Okay. So if you had very f fair skin with light eyes and blonde hair, you're going to notice more signs of sun, a sun damage and wrinkles, maybe in your 20s. Yeah. Whereas if you're kind of Indian skin or uh, more brown tone, darker skin tones, it may be later, maybe yeah. in the 40s that you may need Botox, but certainly it's very safe for all skin tones. Yeah. And um, my favorite regimen certainly is, I think sun uh, sunblock and uh, sun avoidance is huge, especially on the face yeah. for all skin tones. So in our skin, instead of us wrinkling a lot, we will tend to have unevenness of the skin tone. So like you will have discoloration okay. that gets more prominent in certain parts of a face. Um, and so uh, sun protection does help. Things that also help that I use at least once or twice a year is get on a really good program that has some uh, hydroquinone, that's a um, bleaching agent, um, again, to even out skin tone. So we carry one that's called Zio okay. um, that has that an amazing, like a it's a, okay. yes, it's a skincare okay. system okay. that I use approximately once a year for about okay. three months. Okay. Um, a, a great time to use is in the fall or winter, but in San Francisco, you can use it year round because year round. Yeah. the weather is so uh, mild without a lot of sun. Yeah. Um, so once a year, I think that's really nice to clear up the skin. And then after that, depending on the kind of skin you have, if you have oily skin, then something that controls oil. And if you have really dry skin, 
skin, something that provides moisture. Uh, those are good regimens. And then uh, office treatments such as microdermabrasion yeah. or very mild chemical peels. So that's yeah. really important, again, because as your skin gets darker, it ends up getting more sensitive to treatments. So you have to be very careful if you do laser treatments yeah. or deep chemical treatments. You have to uh, take care because that skin can actually hyperpigment in response. Okay. So it's really important to, to go to a provider who is used to uh, skin ethnic of color skin. and ethnic skin. Yeah, and understands like your skin needs. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and my last question, I think, with my travel schedule, and we just talked about that too, I'm always like, you know, concerned with sun protection and being SPF protected, whether it's wearing like a giant hat or which is a cool accessory as well, and also putting on my sunscreen. What are some good recommendations for healthy skincare tips uh, while being out and about on, on the go? Uh, so certainly we already talked about sunblock. Um, I usually like sunblock or sun protection that has a little zinc oxide okay. or titanium dioxide because they're actually physical blocks. So what that means is that if you apply it, yeah. that will be working for you till it's rubbed off. That means for hours and hours. And it's water resistant. And it's water resistant too. Yeah. If you wear mostly chemical sunblocks in about two hours, they lose the effectiveness. It's something okay. to keep in mind. Okay. The other thing obviously is a large hat, yeah. sunglasses, yeah. Uh, lots of hydration. Yeah. I usually recommend really trying to avoid uh, smoking. Yeah. So no smoking. Yeah. Tobacco use is terrible for your skin. And, and really minimize your alcohol. Yeah, I don't smoke or drink. So Good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty much checked off on all of those points. But yeah, thank you so much oh. for answering all my questions. You're welcome, Jira. It was so nice to have you. Thank you for being yes. our first yeah. podcast and, yeah, guest. So honored. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Balanced Beauty Podcast with Dr. Usha Rajagopal. You can find show notes, episode guides, and resources at sfcosmeticsurgery.com slash podcast.